0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. It's great to be with all of y'all. And no, I didn't surprise my significant other and take her on a nice vacation. I wish I could. I want to. Uh, but this year has just been already crazy six weeks into the new year. And and I think I've racked up more miles than I did all of last year in just these six weeks. So thank you all for tuning in this morning. Happy Valentine's Day. Spend some time with your loved one. We don't need a day like today to remind us of the value of our significant others in our lives. And so... I say that because, yes, it's Valentine's Day. Yes, people get all romantic and spend $100 on a dozen roses. That tomorrow will be 50 But nonetheless, we don't need a special day to remind us of the people that help us be the better version of ourselves. Um, and so with that being said, uh, to everyone celebrating, to everyone honoring the people uh, th- that that you love the most in your life, do that daily and not just on February 14th. Do that daily because we really are the people in our lives, our significant others are typically the people who bring out the best version of ourselves. And so with that being said, I'll say, you know, have a great rest of your day. We've got a lot to talk about today. Let's get into the show. But before we do, whenever I travel, you know, it's hard to find a good espresso. If I was like in Italy or Switzerland, for that matter, finding an espresso would be as easy as finding a Celsius at a corner store. But that's not the case. Uh, So I've got my Celsius this morning. Join me for a Coffee Cup Cheer. This, by the way, a new flavor, raspberry peach. I've never seen this flavor before. Saw it yesterday. I was like, ooh, got to try it. Trying it with all y'all. First time around, Coffee Cup cheers, y'all. I'm not going to lie. That's a really, really good flavor. I'm going to have to order a bunch of these. All right. Let's go ahead and get started because we have a lot to talk about. Prudential Financials is now disclosing that their network was breached last week, with attackers stealing employee and contractor data before being blocked from compromised systems one day later. The global financial services firm, and a Fortune 500 company, manages around 1.4 trillion dollars in assets. It provides insurance, retirement planning, as well as well as wealth and investment management services to around 50 million customers globally. This includes these United States of America, Asia, Europe, and Latin America. As the second largest life insurance company, it employs 40,000 people worldwide and has a reported revenue of more than $50 billion in 2023. V8K filed with the SEC uh, yesterday. The company revealed that it had detected the breach on February 5th after attackers gained access to some of its systems one day earlier on February 4th. As of the date of this report, they believe the threat actor, who they suspected to be a cybercrime group access company admin, and user data from certain IT systems and a small percentage of the company user kind of associated with employees and contractors. This is an ongoing investigation. um, And so there's that, this isn't the first time Prudential is dealing obviously with this type of uh, cyber event within their environment. They've obviously had a bunch of those previously including one as recently as as May of 2023. Something really important to understand, typically when you see the 8K, it kind of helps you understand uh, a little bit about the type of breach that we see here. And there's been a trend where we're really, really strict on customer data, right? So we're putting in privileged access management and, and, and all these different tools on customer data in order to try and prevent these types of situations. And sometimes we overlook employee and contractor data because we don't see the value, uh, or or it's not the same. And and in fact, I would argue that it's even more critical that we protect employee and contractor data because those are the wheels that grease our, our working machine, our company machine that help make everything come together. And so, you know, I'm not saying prudential intentionally did this or anything of that nature. It's likely that they've compromised someone within the organization. In a specific system that carried that data, potentially an HR system or an ERP system that had that data. And so that's where that's why we may see the compromise uh, directly affecting those individuals and not customers at this time. As more information becomes available, we'll share it here. But just something to keep in mind there as well. Microsoft on Tuesday rolled out a whole bunch of you know, yesterday was Patch Tuesday. And in case you missed that, we'll get to the summary of Patch to here in just a moment. But they've rolled up a massive security theme software update, calling urgent attention to at least three vulnerabilities being exploded in live malware attacks. And we'll get to those here in just a moment. One of the exploited bugs is CVE-2021, 4389 or 0. It dates back to 2021, when Redmond security team said it was aware of attacks that attempt to exploit this vulnerability by using a specially crafted package that includes the malware family known as Imitat or Trickbot. In recent months, the threat Intel team has seen an increase in activities from threat actors leveraging social engineering and phishing techniques to target Windows OS users. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there. With these specific vulnerabilities, let's get into Patch Tuesday here in just a moment, uh, and we'll get into that summary. uh, But first, 290 million dollars worth of crypto stolen from the play dap ecosystem uh, in pla tokens a blockchain based platform it's using uh, trade and non-fungible tokens also known as nfts within games allowing users to buy sell and trade digital assets across various games without any intermediaries on february 9th an unauthorized wallet uh, minted 200 million pla tokens valued at around 36 and a half million dollars the blockchain uh, security company PeckShield pointed to the possibility of an attacker using a leaked private key. Playdap immediately informed the community that the PLA token contract had been hacked, warning that they are taking immediate action to safeguard, to safeguard PLA assets until the situation was remedied. The platform transferred all locked and unlocked. Playdap held tokens uh, to a new secure wallet They sent on a chain of messages to the attacker the following day, offering a million-dollar white hat reward if they had agreed to return the stolen contracts and assets by yesterday the company also threatened to notify the fbi etc well first of all they should have notified the fbi to begin with um trying to negotiate and reward doesn't always work um, as we can tell now let's get into this patch tuesday recap 73 total flaws including three uh two zero uh two actively exploited zero days for microsoft the Uh, Patch Tuesday fixes five critical vulnerabilities including a denial of service, remote code execution, information disclosure, and elevation privileges vulnerabilities. The number of bugs in each vulnerability category is 16 elevation of privilege vulnerabilities, 3 security feature bypass vulnerabilities, 30 uh, remote code execution vulnerabilities, 5 information disclosure vulnerabilities, 9 denial of service vulnerabilities, and 10 spoofing vulnerabilities. Again, two zero days were fixed. The one is CVE 2024-21351, a Windows Smart Screen security feature bypass vulnerability. This flaw was discovered by Eric Lawrence of Microsoft. the other Cve 2024 21412 internet shortcut file security future bypass vulnerability. This was being actively ex- this was an actively exploited internet shortcut file flaw that could bypass mark of the web warnings in Windows. An attacker could use that to uh, the, to essentially send a targeted especially uh, crafted file that's designed to bypass the display security check. Peter Gernis of TrendZero's Microday Initiative discovered the flaw and released a report on it today as well. Uh, it was being actively exploited by the APT group Dark, um, Dark Casino or Water Hydra in a campaign targeting financial traders. Microsoft says other researchers discovered the fly independently, including uh, BZN with ORA Information Security and Dima Lenz and Vlad Stolirov of Google's Threat Analysis Group as well. So let's get into additional ones here. SAP, on their end, announced 13 new and three updated security notes as part of their patch Tuesday, including one addressing a critical vulnerability in the SAP ABA cross application component. CVE 2024 20, 22131 has a CPSS score of 9 or 0.1. Could be exploited by an attacker that has remote execution authorization to use a vulnerable interface to invoke an application function and perform actions without permission. So All in all, the web survey feature there provides an RFC-enabled function module that dynamically calls any static method of the system without checking for any specific authorization. SAP addressed the flaw by adding a configurable check on external calls to the function module, enabled by default to check blocks the external calls, but customers can adjust the configuration to be able to use the web survey remote capabilities there as well. Seven medium severity flaws impacting bank account management, companion, NetWeaver application server, ABAP, and NetWeaver business client for HTML, Fiori master data governance material, and CRM were also resolved. So if you're an SAP shop, you wanna make sure you get those addressed. Adobe on Tuesday released patches for at least 30 documented security flaws in multiple products, warning that users are exposed to code execution, security feature bypass, and application denial of service. Adobe called urgent attention to critical flaws in Adobe Acrobat and Reader, Adobe Commerce and Magento Open Source, and Substance 3D Painter and FrameMaker. Adobe also documented at least 13 serious security defects covered in the Adobe Acrobat and Reader update, warned that both Windows and macOS users are at risk. Successful exploitation could lead to arbitrary code execution, application, of service, and memory leak. All in all, the company flagged the Adobe Commerce update for urgent attention, warning that unpatched installations are at risk of arbitrary code execution, security feature bypass, and application denial of service. The Bumblebee malware is making a return with new tricks, and they're targeting a bunch of businesses in the U.S. This is coming from enterprise security firm Proofpoint, who's saying the activities targeting organizations in the U.S. with voicemail-themed lures containing links to OneDrive URLs the URL leads to a Word file with names such as release Evans, uh, and then the uh, hashtag sign 96.docm. The digit before a file extension varied. The company said on a Tuesday report, the Word document spoofed the consumer electronics company Humane, opening the document leverages VPA macros to launch a PowerShell command to download and execute another PowerShell script from a remote server then in turn retrieves and, re- and runs the Bumblebee loader. Bumblebee was first spotted in March of 2022. is mainly designed to download and execute follow on payloads like ransomware. It's been put to use by multiple crimeware threat actors that previously observed delivering the Baza loader and iced ID. So all in all, we're seeing some activity with Bumblebee now coming back and, 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 and improved significantly. Again, there's a bunch of ways to detect this. And it's really, really, really critical to actually identify the TTPs and IOCs and how they're doing it. And then the file names and then updating those file names within your email server as uh, sending them to some sort of quarantine inbox in order to be checked um, and then released if they're real, um, if someone uses that as well. And our final story this morning has to do with the Iran and Israel you know, regional war that's going on, and it's it's flaring up. The region is really um, flaring up. Israel obviously on Sunday rescued two hostages from Hamas, um, which you know in, a, in, in an unbelievable operation. If you haven't seen the video, I urge you to go see it. Uh, straight out of a Hollywood uh, movie of sorts. Uh, this morning, uh, before we recorded the show, we know that Hezbollah, uh, the terrorist group in Lebanon. Uh, had fired missiles towards the Israeli city Tzfat, killing one uh, civilian and injuring seven others. Israel is now responding with fire. The the area is is getting there, and this is coming after the Iranian foreign minister met with Hezbollah leadership in Lebanon just earlier uh, this week and last week, and then yesterday he was seen meeting with the Hamas leadership in Doha, Qatar. This is all coming because there's a bunch of reports over the cyber-conflict side between the Israel and Hamas war, with many seeing it as being opportunistic. Uh, there, there is some some opportunistic stuff here. Uh, this article, by the way, uh, is on uh, CyberScoop, and it's written by A.J. Uh, Vissens. Um, he, he's missing a few things in this one article here. Um, um, Iran, Hamas, Hezbollah. Have all had significant cyber training coming originally from the Russians um, pre 2020, and then from the Chinese from around 2021 to today, and continuing on. China has vested a lot of resources over the last about 18 months in training Iran, and Iran in in turn training these other terror groups that are under its its essentially, you know, kind of like. Subnet of threat actors, whether it be in Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, uh, Hamas, Egypt, and elsewhere, uh, to be able to launch these types of attacks. And so a lot of this stuff is really targeted at either disrupting Israel technology, causing financial and economic loss. Obviously, when your country is at war, then your economy isn't functioning. The fact that Israel still functions as an economy in a country of 10 million people, where uh, nearly 600,000 are deployed. As soldiers, right between reserves and active duty personnel, is is mind boggling to begin with uh, in a country as, as small as the state of New Jersey. So, so there's some stuff in here that really are, is is kind of a little off base. Iran did launch multiple cyber attacks on Israel on October seventh. So did Hamas. So did Hezbollah. There were a series of disruptions, including some that have not been confirmed yet, but we've been told by sources we know in Israel that there were some IoT attacks on some of the IoT infrastructure in Israel that was part of the border wall between Gaza and Israel on the morning of the attack. And then in the weeks leading up to it, meaning they were pinging it, pinging it, pinging it, and then kind of getting them into some sort of rhythm before actually launching the attack. So there's all of that there as well. Kind of something to keep your eye on uh, there as well as these attacks once they make it into the battlefield they make it into our businesses that's it for our show this morning we'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more until then have a great rest of your day happy valentine's day most importantly stay cyber safe we love feedback so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform